welcome to this week's Pinkin.com Norwich City podcast. We come to you on the back of a 1-0 defeat to who will surely be the champions, Liverpool, winning 1-0 at Carroll Road thanks to a 78th minute goal from Sadio Mane. The way that was celebrated surely means the Liverpool fans are well aware that the title is heading back to Anfield for the first time since 1990. It was a big moment for them. It was a cruel moment for Norwich but a very eventful game. We've got plenty to discuss. We come to you, as has been the case recently, on Future Radio 107.8 FM. I am your host, Dave Freezer, alongside Paddy Davitt, Connor Southwell, Tony Thrussell. And boys, it's been a windy one, isn't it? <laughs> Storm Dennis, we've just, uh, we're all looking a little bit ruffled as we've uh, made our way back up Rowan Road to the Archon headquarters. And uh, a bit windswept, but we survived. Unfortunately, Norwich didn't survive the full 90 minutes with a point, did they, Pad? Fuming, mate. Fuming. To quote one of our friends who will remain nameless. Fuming? <laughs> yeah, no. Um, <laughs> absolutely fuming. No. Uh, Being Norfolk, I think you actually have to say fuming. 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 Yeah, that's fuming. what I was thinking of, yeah. <laughs> Neil. That's another story, but uh, yeah, disappointed. Disappointed because um, I think. Probably on the balance of the game, nobody could dispute Liverpool did enough. Certainly dominated the territory, possession. Didn't massively overwork Tim Krulbar. Two excellent saves in quick succession. There was another tip over just before that from Naby Keita. But that said, you know, when you get to 12 minutes out from being only the second team to stop them winning this season in the Premier League, uh, it would have been a phenomenal point for me, let alone anything more. And Contrast was was there at the final whistle. You know, I, I locked on to Jordan Henderson. He was punching the air, you know, as if he'd won. You know, and, and there's a the man who lifted the Champions League only a few months, uh, well, thick end of a year ago now, um, and the Club World Championship. He knew how big it was. And then conversely, very spontaneous, very loud, and very unified. I fought around the four sides of the ground. The, the home fans showing their appreciation for a team who went out and really did do probably much pretty much everything they could have done and there was a lot of pride I felt in that response from the home fans and it's just galling really that they didn't have anything tangible to show for him but uh, you know ultimately there's one team there who are going for the title and will win it and there's one team probably going in the opposite direction and that's what a championship winning side would, would do they go and grind something out talking about the weather earlier it wasn't ideal conditions to play the football they wanted to play but when the dust settled they got the points and um Norwich have got the plaudits but cold comfort really because um, after all that effort and all that hard work and it wasn't still quite good enough that's probably symptomatic of the season really that it's not quite good enough in the final analysis Absolutely uh, before we crack on uh, I just want to say hello to our listeners in New Zealand Absolutely because <laughs> we got some stats flagged up you may remember uh, a few weeks ago that um, we got some stats through from our listeners on Spotify and it showed that Finland had taken uh, second place in our sort of listenership, hadn't it? But this week, we topped the iTunes podcast charts for sport in New Zealand. So if you are listening in the land of Lord of the Rings, etc., then uh, do give us a shout on uh, social media. We'd like to know um, who's listening on the other side of the world. I know there is a Canaries Down Under, I think, group, mm. isn't there? So. It, might, it might, you know what, Dave, it might just popped into my head. It might be Mr. Mackindo, who was my teacher when he was about eight years of age he came out he randomly came from a lovely place on the South Island called Invercargill which was then the subject of our uh, lessons for thereafter doing all finding out all about Southern Ireland he might well have gone back 
and uh, trap me down and uh, there we go so it's all down to Mr McIndoe were you a, a good pupil star pupil me mate Unlike you, for us, all I can imagine you were the disruptive influence at the back of the class. Yeah. Well, I do know a chap actually who um, won some money at Carrow Road, uh, like on I think it was on whatever it is the match day lottery or whatever, and he won a substantial amount and uh, decided to emigrate to New Zealand and settled down there, got married, had a couple of kids. So that's got to be that's got to be one of them, Warren, yeah. if you if you're listening, uh, who uh, <laughs> I went to uh, primary school with. And while we're on it, I have. A quite funny story about that chap's sister, who I won't name because um, I don't think she'll appreciate it. But given this was a five thirty kickoff, um, I took the opportunity to catch up with a few friends and have breakfast uh, or a late breakfast this morning. And um, she was soon in trouble with her husband because they share a season ticket in the Barclay, and um, he is going away on business for a, a few days. But she had given away their season ticket to a friend, thinking the Norwich game was on Sunday. And when I was then, uh, after I'd met up with her and said, uh, yeah, I'm going to work later, she soon realised her mistake. And her husband was soon on the phone texting saying, what's happened to our season ticket today? So she must be very relieved that Norwich <laughs> didn't win. But he still missed a really good game. So I doubt that she was uh, particularly popular this evening. She got away with this one. Connor, um, Daniel Farker, in terms of selection, he stuck with a team that drew nil-nil at Newcastle. <coughs> didn't bring on any substitutes until after the goal which I guess is uh, an easy thing to throw at him um, he was forced into one which we'll come back to Sam Byram had to go off injured midway through the first half didn't he but do you think in hindsight Daniel went with the with the right team yeah I think so um, I, I think to me at least it, it seemed fairly obvious that he was going with uh, with Rupp to, to have a bit more uh, a bit more protection down down that down that side because if you look at the way Liverpool play I mean essentially they, they play number 10s at fullback which is which is ridiculous in itself but you, you have to accommodate for that and you almost have to double up when, when they try and overload um, and, and they are so strong in wide areas I mean they're strong all over the pitch but particularly in wide areas so I, I think for me not, not a massive shock in terms of the substitution thing I think that's probably an easy thing to throw at him um, because Norwich were well in the game they were competing uh, of course there was a bit of mental fatigue as there always is when you're starved of the ball it's harder to play without the ball than it is with the ball because you can let the ball do the work when, when you're in possession of it And so yeah maybe he could have brought in a, a, an extra man in midfield but hindsight's a wonderful thing because if, if they'd have closed out that final 15 minutes and they would have got a point then I don't think anyone's talking about the substitutions no. um, and I, I've seen a few comments that say it's reactive but you have to be reactive when, you, when you're losing the game you have to throw attacking options onto the pitch you have to try and change it um, but yeah, if, if if Mane shoots wide or, or Zimmerman heads clear and, and Norwich close it out to get a point, I'm not sure anyone talks about the, the substitutions. And it does feel like a, a little bit of an easy criticism, but that's it. It's, it's it's fine margins, and people look to things that they can sort of point the finger at and wag the finger at, and that's that's understandable because I think even after a defeat against Liverpool, people are disappointed and, and they want to find something or someone to blame. Um, I think in, in terms of tactics, you can't argue about how he approached the game. I mean, there, there are plenty of teams who just uh, just sit in a, in a deep block behind the ball and, and, and try and halt Liverpool, uh, would try and halt Liverpool, which Norwich did to an extent, but they also offered a, a little bit more in, in the way that they um, the way that they counter-attacked and, and the way they used the ball. I don't think uh, there's as many teams in, in this division who would be as brave in possession as Norwich were to, tonight and would actually try and play against Liverpool because I think there, there probably is a temptation to have maybe Josip Dermic and Puki playing off him and, and to try and almost play off the second ball but they didn't do that they actually you know um, 
stuck with their way, stuck with the way they play. And I think there's there's a lot of pride they need to they need to take out of it. But I suppose the only disputable thing is is Emi Buendia because of the way he plays and because of his numbers. People will look at it and say, well, if he's fit and he's available, then he needs to be in the side. But you have to look at the overall picture because the risk of having Emi Buendia is that yes he does create and we, and we saw that in the final eight minutes and could he have got him on the pitch sooner maybe but then I, I would argue that perhaps Norwich City weren't trying to win the game at that point and you can't blame them um, but then equally you lose that defensive protection sometimes because if he does lose the ball and the arms do go up in the air and he doesn't track back quite as quite as you'd like uh, then Daniel gets criticism for that as well so in many ways you can't win after a defeat I don't think but for me in terms of his selection I, I felt it was pragmatic I felt he got it right for the most part um, and I think it's, it's difficult because when you put a substitute on the pitch you can disrupt the momentum um, equally you can add as well so in terms of balancing risk, I understand why he didn't make a change, and I understand why the team, why he went with the team that he did. And I think in the end, you you can't argue, at least in my opinion, that he got it right. Yeah, I'd agree. And although you know, Buendia came on and did create one big chance for Pookie late on with a sort of typical uh, defence splitting pass, didn't he? So um, shame Timo couldn't have have taken that and saved the day. But he was inhibited a bit, Pad, wasn't he? Midway through the first half, twenty uh, seventh minute, I think, wasn't it? Uh, Sam Byram clearly pulls up holding his hamstring and it doesn't look like good news does it no Daniel um, thinks it could be the season over uh, said he reported back it was like a knife sharp knife jabbing pain uh, muscle fibre crack it was Daniel's initial diagnosis which is obviously a bit more serious than, than your common or garden hamstring strain you saw how gingerly he came off the park he was in a lot of pain um He's obviously left the ground on crutches and uh, will be further assessed in the coming days. But that's the downside because he's been he's been excellent by head by some measure. Norwich's best piece of business last summer, um, so he would be a loss. But and Daniel then swiftly flipped it. He thought Jamal Lewis came on and did excellent against Mo, uh, Mo Salah. Um, clearly had a point to prove, and and we know that Jamal Lewis is is an excellent young footballer and and maybe lost his way a little bit. Not the only one. That, Found it a little bit hard to adjust to the Premier League, and you know I wouldn't be too unduly concerned if it's got to be Jamal for the rest of the season. I don't think that massively weakens Norwich really, but it would be a blow uh, because you know Byram has really looked like he's uh, he's capable of, of operating at this level. But yeah, so that forced them into an early change. But uh, um, just to pick up on what Connor was saying, hey, I, I don't think Farker got too much wrong in terms of his A starting lineup or B how he utilised his substitutes. Really, I think uh, you know you have to you have to really look at it, and it was all about trying to nullify what Liverpool were trying to do. And I think for the most part, you know, if Zimmerman's a bit stronger there when that ball's played through from Jordan Henderson, then then really Norwich are walking off there with a minimum a point and maybe more, and uh, and we're basically hailing him as a, as a as an absolute genius tactical coach, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. That's real shame for Sam, and you spotted him, didn't you, Connor, on, on crutches on his way out of the ground. So um, feel for him, given how well he was doing. And um, I unfortunately know about hamstring pains. That's why why I gave up playing Sunday league football, which is obviously nowhere near the same level. But <laughs> it's I know how sore a hamstring could be, and I still I still struggle with it, um, it with my running and stuff like that. So I, I find hamstring incredibly frustrating. So I hope that doesn't affect his career going forward. Um, we're going to bring you a little bit of uh, Kenny McLean in just a minute, who was really uh, sort of downbeat in a way because he's so disappointed that they hadn't got something out of the game, but obviously still very proud of what um, what they'd achieved. And before we come on to that, though, um, Liverpool twenty five points clear, 
12 games remaining they are going to win the title and the way their supporters celebrated the goal and the win they knew that they'd overcome a big hurdle Tony just just how impressed were you with them I mean they they had 64% of possession 17 shots five of them on target compared to Norwich's six shots and one on target so I, I don't think we can really quibble over them winning the game they, they deserve to win the game just in difficult conditions against a a tough home opposition who, who made it really tough for them, mm. um, but they they are a very good team, aren't they? Yeah, they're. I mean, it it's hard to sort of judge a team based on one game, but you can just tell the things they do. They're they're streets ahead of Norwich and streets ahead of most yeah. of the teams they've played this season. Um, but it, it's it's more the simple things that you see them do. Connor was sort of constantly complimenting them for little things that they were doing throughout the game and that just kind of goes to show what you're up against at this level um but it must get boring surely winning all the time <laughs> i don't know i don't know i'd like to no, like to find out it would be nice yeah um but yeah it, it was i mean it's it's just a pleasure to see some of those players in the flesh playing i mean not necessarily at their best but players like robertson alexander arnold you don't really appreciate how good they are until you watch them live. Whereas you watch Salah, Mane on TV, it's easier to sort of appreciate them. But the unsung heroes, maybe it's it was good to see them. Mm. Henderson, for example, yeah, he agreed. he goes sort of up under the radar a lot for England as well. But I mean, you can see why he's captain, can't you? Yeah, the delivery and the touch just of all the players just a pleasure to watch really and Virgil van Dijk is just a, a Rolls Royce oh, isn't he he's huge isn't he he's, he's, he, made, he made Gomez look tiny yeah he's, his legs are just taller than some people it's crazy and the way he was pinging balls to the wing all the time he he is a a, a seriously good footballer and Alisson as well just what a, what so a calm They're, I don't think I've seen a goalie as calm with the ball as him mm ridiculous and they they paid i think at the time it was a world record fee for a keeper wasn't it which was 67 million um but Kepper overtook it yeah which he was 75 million i think wasn't he for chelsea yeah. so um they bought him from roma but i mean that has been money very well spent and yeah seeing him in the flesh he, he's just a he's a big guy isn't he uh, i did see Farm, fairman swapped shirts with him at the end. didn't swap shirts yeah, right. actually he took Allison's shirt i don't think Allison wanted his shirt <laughs> but, uh, did Allison come from germany um, no, it was in Italy. But uh, I, I wondered if they crossed paths before or something. Yeah, I'm not sure where he was before Roma, uh, oh, off the look, top of my head. But yeah, he, he was straight in there getting that shirt, so you obviously yeah. respect him, <laughs> which you would as a goalie, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, anyone else that stood out for you on, in terms no, of them? I mean, no, no. that they are that they're yeah. world champions, European champions. We don't need to go on about them too much, but. Um, that, that just seeing that class of player is is a pleasure, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I just had uh, had a Liverpool mate text me after the game, and and he said basically they bought Allison and Virgil Van Dijk for the money they got for Coutinho. Well, if, yeah, you, if yeah. you want to know about recruitment, there you go, because, because that is a yeah. phenomenal bit of business to get them two in for the same price. So, yeah, no, you 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 don't. Uh, twenty six games in, twenty five wins, one draw. You know that's it's just ridiculous numbers, uh, and we probably are living through something that will never be seen again. I think it's as good as good as that. So, again, in terms of the context of what Norwich nearly did, it it's it's credit to Daniel and his players. But the, Kenny McLean's frustration, I think, is is summed up by by everybody concerned in and out of the club because then again you feel they're not far away but 
sadly, this stage of the season, seven, eight points out of survival, that they're not good enough in the key areas of what it takes to win games at Premier League level. And only today, it's just, for me, a microcosm of the whole season. You know, they do a lot of good things right, but in the defining moments, they're not quite good enough. That's probably what hurts so much for players like Kenny, uh, Tim Krull, when you put so much in to a performance and get nothing out of it and it happens every week, every other week, then you can't help but sort of get down about it, can you? That's a nice segue. But before we bring in the mayor, who was making his 50th appearance for Norwich today, uh, Alison, where did he play before Roma? Uh, International in Brazil. Ah, so not Inter Milan. Okay, no, review. No. Uh, well, maybe Schalke played Roma in the Champions League or something and they knew each other. It's a goalkeeper's union, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right, let's hear from Kenny then, who, as I say, was quite downbeat. And, and I suppose you can appreciate his point of view in not wanting to um, be speaking in too sort of higher terms when you've lost. But um, we did try to encourage some positives. How's the mood in there? I mean, it, has, has Pride managed to sort of stay strong in there? Because you really pushed basically the best team in the world really hard today. Um, I suppose so, but we picked up nothing for the game, so we're never going to be happy when we lose a game. That's, we need to have that mentality. You can't be, you can't be happy um, if you're not picking points up. So, of course, we've we done OK. We, we defended well and um, that's another best the best there is so it's going to be a tough task but um, it's always going to be disappointing losing a game uh, As you say it's going to be disappointing immediately after but do you think you can take a lot of heart from this going forward? Of course we, 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 we played well as I say we defended well um, and again it was it was always going to be a tough ask we know that we, we needed a bit of luck at times we got it but then in the end the um, you know the, the they showed a bit of quality and they got the, the goal that won the game. So it was um, it was disappointing in the end, obviously losing. But we we, we worked hard. We we showed a, a resilience at times. We'll get plenty of character in there. So you know we we'll keep fighting. That's that's the main thing. How much did the conditions play part in it? Because it was it was very windy out there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. But I think you just adapt to that. Um, you you feel for the conditions for the first five minutes and. Um, I think we, we used it to our advantage at times. We put a couple of balls in behind them and, and used it, but you, you adapt to that pretty quickly. It's the same for both teams, so it's, it's just one of the things. I'm sure you've seen worse in Scotland. Yeah, um, first half, um, well, all games, sorry. Of course, you all did well, but you seemed like a real man on a mission in that first half. You were just everywhere. Were you pleased with your performance? Um, um, from a personal point of view, I, th- I think I've done OK, um, first half especially, but again, it's... I think we need to look at the team first. Um, we we done well as a team, but again, it's just disappointing not picking points up. Um, second half, I think I, you know, I did get a bit tired because they were working as hard and I lost the ball. I get caught in possession a couple of times, a bit sloppy from me. But you know, it's the way they play. They press so high that they're going to they're going to steal the ball at times from you. So it's a risk that I was taking. You know, sometimes it came off, sometimes it didn't. What did you make of the reaction at full time as well? From you know, Liverpool pretty much won the league there, but the Norwich fans are out seeing them with pride in what you guys have done, and, and generally in recent weeks, particularly the fans at the games. I know there's grumbles on social media and stuff. There's always that, but the fans at the games really feel like they've stuck with you in recent weeks. Yeah, they have, and it, it would be easy for them not to with the position we're in. But I think at this club, if you're given everything, 110 percent, then. The, the fans will get behind you. If we come off that five percent, then they'll be entitled to their grumbles and their, their moans, and you know they're entitled to to say what they need to say. But you saw at the end of the game how much they're behind us because they know that we're leaving everything on the pitch every week. Great stuff. Keep going, Kenny. Thank you. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers.
From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant. Yes, yeah, so that's what the mayor of Norwich had to say after his 50th appearance. And Connor, he was he was good, wasn't he? I thought first half particularly, he was really the driving force of of the Norwich team, wasn't he? Yeah, fade out a little bit, didn't he? In the second half, I think um, probably. Uh, well, it's, it's like the rest of the team, I, I suppose, probably a bit fatigued mentally when you haven't got the ball and, and you're in a in a defensive shape constantly. Then it does become difficult. But yeah, I, I think he's. He's probably been better than a lot of people suggested this season for me, actually. I think he was one that I had a few question marks around coming into the Premier League and actually he's, he's done fairly well in, in, in short bursts in that position. Obviously had a, a little experience at number 10 and that Everton game at Goodison Park, he was very good, but sort of failed to nail that down. I think he's he's been relatively good um, in, in comparison. I think, I think with McLean you get a level of consistency, a level of consistency that perhaps you don't get with other Norwich City midfielders. He doesn't have a good game and then disappear for three weeks. You, you tend to get a, a fairly consistent level. It's just, again, maybe a, a lack of quality and and um, a little bit of decision making that, that goes against him in in crucial moments. But I think in in terms of balance, I mean, Teddy and, and McLean are Farker's most used midfield pair now, aren't they? So it, it certainly seems to be his preference in in the Premier League. I think they complement each other quite well. I think he has the energy to almost bounce between um, Norwich from a defensive point of view to an attacking perspective. I don't think he's quite chipped in with enough from from an offensive point of view, unfortunately, yet. Um, particularly given what we've heard about his, his shots and range and particularly his free kick taking at Aberdeen. We, we haven't really seen that at Norwich, but um, in, in terms of consistency and, and reliability, I, I think he offers a he offers that at the very least but yeah in terms of controlling games and perhaps being that technical player that links the plays perhaps not quite that but I think he is a bundle of energy and particularly in games where Norwich are playing a side in the top six he does get himself about and he does cover ground and he does help Teddy cut out passing lines and, and they do complement each other quite nicely but in terms of games where Norwich need to go and win and they need to be dominant and they do have a lot of possession I'm not sure if he's quite a player to to have from the off in, in those sort of games so um, yeah I've been in, I've been impressed with him this season to be fair I think he, he's usually about a 6 or, or a 7 out of 10 which is probably a, a, the biggest compliment you can give to him because not a lot of players do that and, and offer that level of consistency um, whether he's quite good enough for the Premier League in a consistent basis I suppose we'll find out but um, yeah for me in terms of Norwich's midfield I, I think McLean and Tetty certainly uh, the most balanced pairing and, and, and certainly the pairing that offers the midfield the most Yeah I can't see Daniel breaking up uh, McLean and Tetty anytime soon because Norwich are looking far more solid at the moment they're, mm. they're in with a chance of winning uh, all these games or at least getting some from the games um, From one Scotland international to another though Paddy um, Grant Hanley named player of the month before the game wasn't he the, the club's player of the month and he was sort of becoming a little bit of a scapegoat not long ago wasn't he when he first come well certainly early stages of the season when we now have sort of learned that he wasn't fully fit and he, he needed those two surgeries on his uh, groin and hernia to get him to get him really going again after a three-month break but um, it feels like he's come full circle now and he's really putting in sort of captain's displays and that, there was a good reception for that player of the month award and, and he was probably for me man of the match today yeah I mean there was a few pirouettes wasn't there which <laughs> yeah, yeah. they don't associate with him sort of body checking Firmino and players like that one or two scary moments where he used the experience to win there was one free kick he won from Henderson on the edge of his own box in the second half which was a little bit 
could have gone either way. But um, yeah, no, it is nice to see because I, I, I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but he because he's quite an uncomplicated, you know, type of chap. He probably felt like a bit of a spare part there this time last season because. You know, he wasn't getting a look in. It was Zimmerman, it was uh, and Godfrey all the way through, and rightly kept their places. They were excellent in that title running. And then you know you get to Villa Park, and you know it's make way for Grant to lift the trophy. I would imagine, you know, as much as he felt a part of it, you don't really feel a part of it if you're not playing week in week out. Um, and it's no wonder then that maybe the fans have probably felt he was, uh, you know, in the summer maybe he could have moved on and there wouldn't have been too much disquiet, I wouldn't have thought. And there was talk, I think his old club, Blackburn, I think Tony Mowbray now off the yeah. top of my head, um, there were some quotes that he was on one of their potential lists of, of targets. So, you know, to see see him come from, from that to, to where he is now, which is, as Daniel Farker said on Friday, he, he is still going up the hill in terms of his career. He's still not reached his peak. He says he's been top class in the last few weeks and... And we saw more evidence of that against Liverpool, and uh, it is great to see. And I think you know, ultimately, you have to say it is. He's got now a clear run of injuries for the first time, probably in the last twelve months at Norwich. He, he's not hindered by injuries, and you can see that in his play that he, he feels confident in his body, and he's able to do the things that he he, he probably wasn't able to do in this time last season. So, with that comes. You know, self confidence and a run of games brings consistency. He was very harshly done by by Daniel's own admission to come out for Bournemouth when Ben was available. And again, we had the same scenario ahead of this game. We had three fit centre backs, but no, this time it was Grant was in. Ben would have to wait his turn, and it was Zimmerman who got the nod. And moving forward, if he maintains that level, then he will finish the season probably as Norwich's premier centre back for me. And that's that's a great story of perseverance, really, because you know. As I say, this time last year, he looked like he was probably on the margins and maybe going the other way, which is out the exit door. So, credit to that man, really. Yeah, uh, and uh, alongside Tim Krull, pretty unlucky not to have a, another clean sheet today. Uh, I'll bring you, bring you a little bit of audio from Tim Krull in, in just a second. Ronald Coman, the Holland manager, was in the director's box today, um, watching Virgil van Dijk and Jorginho Wijnaldum, of course. But um, it seems like Tim could well be back in the Holland squad sooner or later, from what you're about to hear. Um, but there was... Uh, a crucial sort of moment for for him. He'd made one decent save from Naby Keita, which was sort of a shot from the edge of the block, uh, box in the 57th minute, and then a brilliant double save uh, just a minute later after that corner had broken down. Um, Salah squo- squeezed a shot through Grant Hanley's legs, and it looked like it was going into the bottom corner. Krull gets down to it, and then he's quick to react to grab the loose ball just as Keita is sniffing around to poke it into an empty net, and that would have made it one uh, nil before the hour mark. Instead. Young Klopp was making a double substitution soon after to try and change things. Brought on Fabinho and Sadio Mane, who proved to be the match winner uh, for Wijnaldum and Oxley Chamberlain. Uh, but overall, uh, Tim Krull, sort of in a similar way to Kenny McLean, not wanting to be too positive about a defeat, but uh, a decent day for him in front of his soon-to-be, hopefully, international manager. That's the most frustrating thing, I think, to nearly, just nearly there. I mean. Unfortunately, we've said that a few times this season, but I think we can be proud of what we showed on the pitch again today. It's just, uh, it's just that at the end of the day, this league, you can only talk about points, unfortunately. But on the other side, I think you have to have to realise where we were 18 months ago and to, to play the world champions the way we did and gave them a right good good go. They, they, were, they weren't at ease at all. Um, 
I think uh, we've come a long way as a club, and I think this club is still going places. So uh, I think I'm definitely proud of uh, the way we've played because we showed our philosophy. Um, but unfortunately, that final bit of quality in the end, we 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 lacked today. Ronald Koeman was here. I mean, I know you've spoken already about your international ambitions. That that performance today won't have done you any harm, will it? Um, no, like, listen. Um, <laughs> My main, obviously, objective is to uh, objective is to stay in the league with with Norwich. I've always said that, but yeah, the the Dutch team is um, is coming calling again, hopefully. And, and, and uh, I've always said I'm I'm open for a return. That will make my journey uh, fully round because obviously I got injured there a few years ago playing for them. So um, um, yeah, hopefully um, I'm going to get caught up again in March. Uh, and fingers crossed for that. Um, but still, there's a lot of football still to be played to the summer. At, at, uh, the pleasure of playing um, eight times for my country, and, and I've done two tournaments already. So that it's been a, definitely it's, it's one of the best things to do to walk out and, and uh, in front of a full orange stadium. Um, definitely, of course, if, if I get that opportunity again, uh, I would take it with both hands. So um, yeah, it's such a difficult feeling I've got at the moment. Obviously, just lost the game, but um, yeah, no, I'm pleased the way I've, I've, I've been playing. In terms of the conditions today, was it quite daunting for a keeper knowing yeah. there's a storm blowing in? Yes, yeah, it's my. Uh, so how hard it is for you as a goalie yeah, in such a storm? I hate the wind. It's for me. I don't mind rain, snow, but the wind because it just like crosses come in and it could literally just blow away. But um, even like when Sam Byron done his hamstring, that just kept going away from him. You know, it's just uh, he overstretched. Just but yeah, we dealt with it. We're, we're pros, so. Um, well, yeah, I'm pleased uh, the game is over now because that, uh, yeah. Did you have an opportunity to sort of congratulate Gio and um, Virgil because they've pretty much done it now, haven't they? Yeah, no, they still, still say, oh, they need five games to win and they're still quite, uh, yeah, they didn't look overconfident to be honest. So, uh, no, I, I, they deserve it. They, the way they've uh, been, not just this season, last season as well. They're top lads as well, Virgil and, and Jeannie. Um, I hope the yeah I hope they're gonna do it and maybe they can even break the record with uh, with no loss. Yeah, how about your confidence to stay in the Premier League? I still believe, but we need to prove it against teams uh, around us, and that's uh, gonna show in the next few weeks. Great, thank you. So, much. Thank you. so that'll be interesting whether Tim gets his place back. Uh, I don't think the goalkeeper competition in the Holland squad is particularly high level nowadays. There's a couple of names when I last checked who I didn't recognise. Jasper Sillerson is the uh, number one, isn't he? Which is former Barcelona, but now Valencia. And I think he even lost his place um, at one point in this season. So um, you'd have thought Tim's got a, a good shout. And given that, as he says, he's got tournament experience, he's got a decent shot of getting into Euro 2020. So we go forward from that point, still nil-nil. But, Tony, Alex Tetty, on the back of signing a new contract this week so nearly gave us a brilliant story didn't he when he clattered the post mm. still at nil nil well I think the fans were calling for him to shoot when he was about 50 yards out at some <laughs> point weren't they I think they the fans knew what they wanted but the ball came across and it, it seemed like it had overran him and, and the chance had gone but he somehow lined up a shot from a, an acute wide angle um, and it looked like Alisson was beaten didn't yeah, it and he caught him out hadn't he? yeah yeah exactly and it just just ricocheted back off the post and everyone's was sort of on the edge of their seat and then back down again but if that had gone in what what was that about 20 minutes from the end that 15? was 73rd minute so five minutes before the goal I mean there's nothing better I said on the walk up here than nicking a goal like that and then watching your team defend for 20 minutes yeah. like 
was it Chris Kamara said like beavers, like beavers, beavers. yeah <laughs> that, that there's nothing better in football once in a blue moon than than winning a game like that the, the feeling at the end but it didn't happen unfortunately oh. just just imagine we can imagine it yeah, and, and we can sort of refer back to that Man City game, can't we, to, for what it would have been like. But there was a moment shortly after that, wasn't there, when Max Aaron's won a corner and whipped up the Barkley. And it felt like something special was happening, didn't it? It was The atmosphere was just rocking at that point. It was. Just to, just to go back on the tape point, I tweeted it in midweek. I had a, a strange dream. I think it was about Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday night, right, um, that Norwich beat <laughs> Liverpool 2-0. Right, it's not, not that sort of dream. <laughs> the Norwich beat Liverpool 2-0 and Teddy scored the opening goal. Okay. So when he hit the post, I was a bit sort of, oof. But, uh, Deja vu. Exactly, yeah. But, Did you and it was at the bar. No, I didn't. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think someone actually put a on it after my tweet so uh, sorry oh, so right. they didn't win about seven grand or something that they would have won but there you go but yeah I thought the atmosphere was good today I think it's it's quite easy when you're a team bottom of the league and you haven't won for a while that um, you can get caught up in that a little bit and, and things can be a bit flat and you can think uh, the world is against you but I certainly didn't get that impression inside Carrow Road today I thought in terms of the colour I mean the fashion new banner was, was excellent uh, yeah, it was brilliant good, work yeah. from the Proud Canaries uh, before the game that was, that was excellent um, nice to see some flags at the river end as well that was good but yeah in terms of the atmosphere and in terms of how they got behind the team particularly in the first half in spells where they hadn't had the ball for a little while and they did need a, a bit of a push I, I felt the crowd provided that it's incredibly difficult when you're up against a team where you don't have the ball and you, I mean it was what one one shot wasn't it um, about 60 minutes into the game so that's incredibly difficult to get behind but still they they sang and still they, they chanted and I think that just goes to show that um, there is still a lot of pride in the Snowy City team actually and they may not be getting the results and they may not be um, they may not survive in the Premier League but, but ultimately they, they've still got the support of most in the terraces and I think that goes to show how much work they've done over the last few years because particularly in, in the end of that Alex Neil reign where, where things were where, when it was full of apathy and when people didn't feel like they, they had a connect to their team it's it's now special to see that and, and I think it said it all at the end of the game where Daniel Farker headed towards uh, and the Barkley was still full at that point yeah, and yeah. they pretty much serenaded him didn't they and for a team who's bottom of the league to do that it's it's not normal it's not it's not conventional in the Premier League for a team to be bottom of the league and to still be behind the manager and still be behind young players I actually saw something on, on Twitter a moment ago um, and it was a, a Newcastle fan who had texted, it, texted into a, a, um, a radio show who, who said they wish their team attacked Liverpool like that they wish their team played the way Norwich mm. did and I, I, again it's, it's a crumb of comfort but there are fans out there of, of other Premier League clubs who appreciate what Norwich are trying to do because they are trying to give young players a chance and they aren't spending loads of money because if, if that football bubble bursts at any point then Norwich City will be okay and that, that's to be applauded and I know some people will be frustrated with that and I, I can understand why because everyone's got aspirations of Norwich City um, playing these sides week in week out but they don't have the facility to do that currently with, with the finances but what they do have is is the loyalty from supporters there's, there's not many clubs who've perhaps been through what Norwich City have been through in terms of the ups and downs in the last 10 years that we keep going and keep supporting and particularly in a situation like this they've, they've gone down before and the fans have turned a little bit and it's been 
not particularly nice to attend matches at Carroll Road and you don't get that feeling even if they do get relegated in, in April or, or whatever you still feel like the fans are going to turn up and, and support this team and I think that you've got to give credit to Daniel Farker and, and the team for what they've built because they still have that appreciation and they're still trying to do things the right way and there's a there's an element of bravery in that and uh, I think you, you, you earn the support of supporters and, and they've certainly done that for me this season Yeah, well, there's somebody in our live updates at, at com. Uh, during the game said oh if only we could have bought Duda for 20 million at the start of the season I, I don't think you've been paying attention my friend <laughs> they, they did not have 20 million pounds to spend on anyone let alone one player and and yet at the full time whistle for the home fans to out sing the away fans who are basically celebrating the title yeah. and who there were a lot of police piled in front of the away end to make sure they didn't invade the pitch <laughs> I thought that was a moment for most most fans to leave Carrow Road feeling proud to be uh, to be honest and um, we haven't talked about the goal though Pat so I'll save that for you <laughs> you lucky man and the uh, Storm, Storm Dennis did play a part really didn't he um, Storm Sadio yeah Storm Sadio um, basically Zimmerman lost the, the flight of the ball as it, as it came into the box didn't he yeah I mean it was you pointed out DF didn't two, Norwich's two central midfielders give him an awful uh, doing after the, uh, the restart or just before the restart they felt he should have been stronger. They um, shouted at him. I should probably clarify that means. Okay, fair <laughs> enough. Yeah, but um, hurricane, hurricane force, rollicking. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, not seen it back since. I only seen it in real time. But uh, it did seem as if he lost the flight of the ball, and maybe that's understandable because of the weather conditions. But um, Daniel was asked, "Was there a shout for a you know a shove from uh, Mane?" And Daniel more or less packaged it as well. He was quite cute, and maybe just give him a little nudge on the way up, and not enough for it to be overturned by the VAR officials he didn't expect that no complaints from him and, and thereafter as Daniel said it was brilliant first touch world class oh, yeah. finish fearsome strike not even Krull was going to keep that out at his near post but you know you take your lead from his teammates and uh, Mezzas Tete McLean clearly felt Christoph could have done better and probably Christoph's an honest enough lad he probably feels he could have done better and that's why I was saying about earlier if they've you know completely uh, torn Norwich asunder with the majesty of their attacking play, then you just hold your hands up and say, well, that's why they're fifty-five points clear as they were at kickoff, and there's not a lot you can do. But it did feel that it was an avoidable goal, as good as the finish was, and that's that is the enduring frustration, I think. It is. Um, there was uh, one last. Um, oh, there you go, Connor. Just holding up a tweet from Todd Campbell after the game. Tough to take. That's all that it really needs to say. Um, yeah, Todd, he had quite a shaky start to the game, actually, didn't he? In terms of wasn't really covering himself in glory defensively, but um, in the end, he had a he had a cracking game and and really was quite productive moving forward, wasn't he? So um, otherwise, there was one late, late chance, wasn't there? Buendia came on and threaded Pookie through in that typical fashion, but Timo just sort of snatched at it and and straight at Allison, and 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 that was it. It was a, a one nil defeat, and it doesn't get any easier, does it, Tony? We had to. Wolves next oh Sunday. <laughs> yeah. Then it's Leicester at home on a Friday night, back under the lights. I think people will be bang up for that one. Um, that is not, you know, if you can perform like that against Liverpool, then you can do it against Leicester. And they probably should have beaten Leicester prior to Christmas as well, away from home. So, um, you know, Mr. Madison coming back, it would be uh, that would be quite a satisfying one to to get a win. But Wolves next week, um, it's it's going to be a tough one, isn't it? But you, you've got to take some heart from this. Yeah, I, I don't know what Norwich's record against Wolves is like in recent history. Anyone know? It's not yeah. great. Yeah, Norwich fans don't like Molyneux particularly. But again, they pushed Wolves really hard at Carrow Road. Mm. What was that? Was that December as well? It might have been November. Yeah. But they, they should, probably should have won that game as well. well. Are Wolves playing on Thursday in the Europa? That's... Oh, yeah. 
So that that yeah, that's why yeah, we're playing. Another one for you to check, Connor. Anyway. <laughs> uh, just so uh, it. yeah, they've got um, Espanol. They are yeah, yeah they are. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a way? Do you, don't ask. <laughs> don't ask me. I know you're check. Big Espanol right. fan. But yeah, I mean that if you're gonna play Wolves, play them after Europa, Europa sure. game, two days rest, not proper training after. They're, so they're at home to Espanol. Nah, no, no, on the Thursday night. Yes. I mean, Norwich have got a good good week's um, rest and training now. I'm sure they'll have tomorrow Monday off or something and yeah. and back at training. So, yeah, if you're going to beat Wolves, it's going to be on Sunday. To put a lighter note on it, do you know what I've been told more times uh, than anything else since I've taken this job? It is, What's uh, that? It's, it's about the state of Wolverhampton. So I'm, I'm looking forward to experiencing that myself in, in terms of it not being very nice. Oh. I've been told that quite a few times, actually, so okay. I, I can't say I've ever been. I but. quite like Molyneux as a stadium. It's, it's got a bit of yeah. sort of history feel mm. to it. it. The last time, the only time I've been there, actually, is the coldest game I've ever worked at, so hopefully it's not like that. Yeah, well, the the last one... Oliveira. Well, yeah, Oliveira last minute and really messed up. Oh. But they, they put on a bit of a light show there, don't they? Um, yeah. Um, they, I think that was the first club I've been to who, who did all that with the flamethrowers and everything at, at kick-off. Um, but yeah, they're, they're doing very well, aren't they, under Nuno Espirito Santo. And the, uh, the other thing, the clubs like Wolves and Sheffield United and Leicester, well, no, maybe, I suppose Leicester probably not so much, but we've the sort of bombshell that dropped on Friday night that Manchester City are banned from the European competition for two years. Um Pending, uh, well, they are, they are appealing, aren't they? Um, so whether it will actually take place, but that could, I guess, mean that fifth place brings Champions League football. So mm. that's that's certainly one for can, them to. Can still finish fifth? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> but that tees up our final segment very nicely, Tony. In terms of just finally from each of you, how you see the the overall picture going into this final twelve games. I, I don't think today has really changed anything, has it? In terms of the survival fight. It's it still is going to require something special. Yeah, it is. It's, it's going to take something uh, miraculous at this point. I think. I think most people are, are probably accepting of the situation now. It's it's about from here. The and it's it's an, it's not a, a positive. It's, I suppose it's a positive spin on it on a negative situation. But it's all about how they go down for me and if they actually put up a fight and they put in performances like we saw tonight. Then I don't think anyone has has any problems with them ending up back in the championship and, and one thing's for sure from this group it's it's not a lack of effort for me it's it's just as, as Paddy said earlier that they are close but they're not close enough um, and it, it does feel like they've they've taken actually major strides in the last couple of months but it, it just it's a little bit too little too late for me so I think if if from these last 12 games the performances are there um, they still try and play the right way the young players are still going out and expressing themselves and I think most people will be accepting but if they go within themselves and it becomes quite negative and quite defensive which I can't see happening under Daniel Farker then I think um, that becomes a different situation because then that can that can have a, a lasting effect uh, back in the championship so yeah for me it's, it's about retaining the quality of, of performances and hoping that they can nick a, a few impressive results on the way. Uh, well, Daniel said himself six wins, didn't he, today? You've stolen my line, Tony. Six wins. Six um, from 11. Six from 11, is it? I mean... And then you go to Man City with something to play. Yeah, you just... I mean, from what we've, what's come before, you just can't see six wins coming from 11. But, I mean, get two in the next five, then it's there's still something there. But, no, nah, it's, it's over. <laughs> end it there Dave end it there no 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 I mean they need two to three wins on the spin now and they haven't done that all season um, so 
Connor's right. It's how how they go down because that'll frame the summer and then how they bid to bounce back. So um, harness what we had at the final whistle, that unity uh, between the fans and the players and Daniel. Um, I saw some quotes there earlier in the day, actually, in the German media where Daniel had been asked, obviously, about what would he do in the summer in, in terms of his own future. He said he's here for the duration. He's quite happy to see out his contract and if that means they're in the championship then he will look to lead the fight back so it is all about um, going out with a bang rather than a whimper I think Absolutely and I sincerely hope that they can can defy all the doubters which is pretty much everyone now Sorry uh, Jordan Rhodes is out of contract isn't he in the summer? <laughs> uh, I think they got an option on him for another year oh. I think well, Shepard, Shepard. those rumours will come back so <laughs> <laughs> let's not go there but yeah I sincerely hope they do prove us wrong um, and based on today you, you can still cling on to a little bit of hope but it seems incredibly unlikely but uh, as I said uh, teeing up that final segment uh, today didn't change things drastically did it because any even a point even a nil-nil draw would have been a fantastic result and we'd have all grabbed that point um, very gratefully so um, that will do thank you very much for listening uh, this is brought to you by Arch and Podcasts and if you ever um, find the time to leave us a review or a rating on your chosen podcast provider particularly if you're li- listening in New Zealand of course <laughs> as we said at the top of the show then that would be very much appreciated uh, you can also hear us on Wednesday nights on Future Radio 107.8 FM head over to pinkin.com for the full review of this game and of course we'll keep you up to date with everything ahead of the game at Wolves thank you very much for listening we will catch up with you very soon